Welcome to Bet the Edge. We appreciate all of you spending part of your Thursday with us here on our NBC Sports Edge YouTube channel. He is the whale copper through Jim Sick, and I'm your host, Sarah Perlman. And coming up in just a bit, Von Delzell is here to explain why he's backing a big underdog this week in the NFL and which props he's tracking heading into Sunday. And VEASAN's very own Tim Murray will also join us to handicap North Carolina Pitt tonight in college football. And also what lines he's looking for to get involved in two huge top five college hoop matchups for the weekend. And of course, we have our edge of the day and so much more coming up right here on Bet the Edge powered by PointsBet. Drew, happy Thursday. I hope you're doing great. I know it's a good NBA slate. I saw some of the things you're getting involved in, but... We start in the NFL. We have a game on our hands, and I'm going to give a prop later for my edge of the day. But I'm curious to get your thoughts on Baltimore and Miami tonight, where the Ravens are laying seven and a half. We've seen this line really stay here for majority of the week. The total sitting at 46 and a half. Really quick here, your thoughts, any wagers you're looking to get involved in for tonight? Yeah, there's been a little bit of informed money that's been trickling in on the Miami Dolphins lately. I don't know that I agree with this, and I don't think this is an especially strong position by some of the uh, the market makers. Ultimately, I think 7.5 is probably where this closes. I doubt it goes to 7. I think that your look yesterday for edge of the day, using the Ravens as a teaser leg, is probably the best way to attack the board tonight. Really, I'm just excited to see Lamar Jackson in primetime. He's probably my favorite NFL player. If you only let me kind of watch one on any given week, I would pick. I would totally agree with that. (laughs) So it's exciting to see him in primetime and he's going up against the Miami defense. That's pretty interesting matchup. You know, this is uh, he's he's doing it all by himself. Really, there's no other you know meaningful running backs that can you know game break here. So he's got to he's he's been able to elevate his game, his passing game, his running game is as good as it's always been. So uh, I love uh, the idea of the Ravens either playing from ahead, keeping the Dolphins at arm's length, or uh, you know just absolutely running away from them here. If in fact the Miami Dolphins are live in this one, if they're getting some uh, a little bit of early momentum here, I wouldn't be surprised if they we can catch a good price live or at halftime on the Ravens to come back that's been a nice thing that's kind of been a trend all season I don't think they're playing down to their opponents I think the defense just is a little suspect in Baltimore I would agree with that they they really can't get a lead in the first quarter they're infamous for starting off slow and maybe it is because of the defense and Lamar has been a heck done a heck of a job coming back from behind so it is a good look to look for live betting opportunities Um, a few interesting numbers that were brought to my attention but as you mentioned yesterday I teased this game I love the Ravens in a teaser spot I put that with the Browns plus eight. There's a lot of good teaser legs on the board for week 10 in the NFL. I'm going to give a prop out later. I was looking at some of the numbers in props, Drew, by the way, earlier this morning and even yesterday. And when we had a meeting with Warren Sharp getting ready for our show later today, talking with him about Mm -hmm. it. And some of the receptions, receiving yard props are pretty low for Mark Andrews and Hollywood Brown and um, some of Lamar's numbers. And I think it's because the sentiment is if they're out big in the third quarter, they're going to take a lot of their players out and try to stay healthy. I couldn't figure it out. I think there's a lot of ways in the prop market to attack tonight's game and maybe Rashad Bateman affecting some of the shares for the reception props. But we'll get into that later. What scared me a little bit about taking the Ravens minus seven and a half, that's a big number, is when we had Jay Croucher on yesterday and he said over 90% of the handle coming in on the Ravens. Really scary. Really scary. We saw what underdogs did last week, but... If you look at the last three matchups, final thought here, Drew, um, the Ravens have outscored Miami 137 to 16 in the last three games. So certainly this does have blowout potential, but it's hard for me to touch the side with seven and a half. 
Yes, agree. And I think we've seen the Ravens start slow, but I don't know that I've ever seen this Jim Harbaugh team take their foot off the gas. I don't know that there's really any likelihood that, uh, you know, that they put this game away with some, you know, run, run, run punt in the second half here. I think this is going to be uh, a game where the Ravens continue to, you know, run their offense as as intended. Uh, we've seen them do that on the road in primetime. I think back two years ago to the Rams game is a very notable example of that. What did they win, like 42 to three or something? Never stopped in that one. And realistically, I think that's kind of a, they, are rec they recognize exactly what the limitations are with their defense. And I don't think they really want a game where they're sweating the final, you know, fourth quarter overtime type of stuff like they had last week. The fact that they're a week removed from their bye, maybe a little bit less rust, a little bit more crispness out of this team in the first half. So very excited for this game just from an entertainment standpoint, but not a lot of action for me. Any thought on the total? I'll just say I kind of lean under Miami's offense has been very lackluster since week four. They've only scored 20 or more points just one time. So for me, I lean under on this game. Mm, I'm going to lean over. So I guess that's a good reason to stay away. <laughs> we're, we're oppo here. Uh, I don't have a strong reason for the over. It's just other than, you know, I think Baltimore's, uh, you know, I, I think both of these defenses are a little overrated. Okay, fair enough. We'll break down this game more in just a little bit for my edge of the day. And Drew said really nice information to go along with uh, the way I'm looking for some props. Now, the NFL season is in full swing and the NBC Sports Predictor app powered by PointsBet has you covered with Sunday Night 7. Predict what will happen between the Chiefs and the Raiders on Sunday night for a chance to win up to $100,000. It's free and easy to play, and there are also college football contests, so download today from your app store or visit NBCSports.com slash predictor. There's a guy with NBC Sports that has been red hot, and that is Von Delzell. Last night, Von, again, incredible night in college hoops, three for three, well done. I'd like to take all the time and talk to you about college basketball, but you have amazing NFL plays out there that I know a lot of our listeners want to get involved in. So I'll start with underdogs who just crushed it last week. And there's a few nice underdogs on the board for week 10 for this weekend. And one of them playing your home team, the Pittsburgh Steelers, Detroit now getting nine points. I know you're going to post a lot of your plays later on NBC Sports Edge and on Twitter as well. But overall, your sentiment on this game, are you backing a lot of underdogs for week 10 and uh, how you're handicapping this one? I do think a lot of these lines could be trap lines in the NFL this week because everyone's going to want to bet the favorites now, okay? And I, I don't want to push you away from that, but in this spot, I am taking the dog. I'm waiting for the Detroit Lions to get to the plus 10. That's the key number for me here because the Detroit Lions are going to fight and they're going to scrap. They don't want to obviously end up winless on the entire season, but the Pittsburgh Steelers, against the spread, as I told you guys on Blitz on the Board, on Monday's podcast, they don't cover against, winning, against teams with losing records. 50% coach and Mike Tomlin, last 25, last 50, all that good stuff. But it gets even worse against teams when they're minus 10 or more. They're 0-4 in the last four. Okay, they're 1-4 at home at minus 8 or more. So if you're still getting the 9 or the 8, it's not a bad bet entirely. But the Steelers have won four straight games by one possession. And whenever that's happening, they're bound to lose a game soon. I will say teams off Monday Night Football wins this season are 8-0 the next week on the money line. So if you'd like the Steelers to win, I mean – they do beat Detroit a ton, but as far as the nine, 10 point spreads we might be getting here, I am certainly not in a rush to back the Pittsburgh Steelers at the window. So if it gets to the 10, take the Lions. Teaser spots for them as well will be nice getting the Lions at 16 or 17. I like that a lot. Uh, interesting spot, and that's a great handicap. Uh, I've heard from a lot of my sharp friends who have been banging this, the Lions as the side in this one. 
and I <laughs> thought hard about it. Ultimately, I stayed away because, uh, and maybe keep an eye on the the weather. Uh, it looks like we're going to get a wintry mix in Pittsburgh this weekend. There's going to be snow oh, yeah. in the morning. Not uh, Maybe not during the game, but it's going to at least be gross, slippery, wet, sloppy. And as uh, we're talking about this game, this <laughs> line's moved to eight. So it's actually heading yeah. in your direction in terms yeah. of attacking the Lions here. Yeah. Yes, you got to get it now then. I mean, in Pittsburgh, you go through all four seasons in one day sometimes. So, <laughs> uh, you know, well, you might get sunshine and some snow on Sunday. You know who that doesn't do any favors? Jared Goff. <laughs> Uh, or, Big so, ben. <laughs> or Big Ben. That's a great point. Yeah, uh, under maybe might under. Be maybe. Yeah. Here's the move. Uh, either way, uh, it's going to be a fun game regardless. And uh, I think actually people might be teasing Pittsburgh. Uh-uh, not for me. It, it, this yeah. is the play up spot for Detroit on the calendar. They either win outright or get blown out in this one. So do not uh, fall for the uh, the teaser trap, I don't believe, uh, even though it is a very low total. I'm curious what your thoughts are on the uh, primetime spot here. We're going to, uh, of course, break this down in detail on Blitzing the Board. Uh, and I have a play in this game that's kind of in line with where you're going here. You're looking for Patrick Mahomes over passing yeah. yards. Is that correct? Yeah. So I'm going to have a play today on Blitzing the Board. Not sure if I want to give you Mahomes or Hill, but if you're listening to the podcast, you get both of them. So, I mean, it's a win-win, essentially. Pat Mahomes, over 288 and a half, okay? I like this because when you look at the quarterbacks that have gone against the Raiders, they have great numbers when it's like yards per pass attempt, passing yards in general, and a lot of the just defensive categories that you would want to take an under because when you look at who they face, we've had Justin Fields, we've had Big Ben, we've had Jalen Hurts, Daniel Jones, uh, Jacoby Brissett, Lamar Jackson. A lot of quarterbacks that don't like to throw the ball deep can get away with passing short, have receivers that can go make plays. So we haven't seen quarterbacks that really stretch the field against the Raiders. Well, in Mahomes' career, he's done very well against the Raiders. Uh, Lately, actually, he's had 281 or more passing yards in five out of his last six meetings with the Raiders. So he always airs it out. He gets 300 frequently. And then when you look at this numbers this year, he's come close this number a couple times, but he hasn't hit a ton. I think this is the part where we see the Chiefs kind of turn around the season and uh, flip the switch. I think we're all kind of on the same page with this one. I like the Chiefs minus two and a half. We'll talk about this game, as Drew Ooh. said, later and also tomorrow as we preview some of our best bets for week 10 here on the show. But Patrick Mahomes, you kind of said it, averaging 44 attempts per game over the last five games. And our model here with NBC Sports Edge and the tool has him going way over at 295 mm-hmm. just about. But let's talk about Tyree Kill a little bit. You mentioned that. And right now I'm looking at his prop available on points, but at 73 and a half receiving yards. What's intriguing you about this one? So he's my favorite wide receiver prop of the slate. I want to give a shout out to our producer, Adam, because I was going to give out Justin Jefferson on Monday and the guy finished four yards short and had 57 yards in the first quarter. So this is my comeback spot for a wide receiver. Tyreek Hill is going to go bananas on Saturday Night Football, in my opinion. He's hit this three of his last four against the Raiders. He's hit it five of his last seven against the Raiders. Okay. And he's hit it four out of nine on the season. So he hasn't had the best numbers, but it's because Mahomes has struggled at some points. But when you look at the targets, he's at six straight games of nine or more targets, which is obviously essential in betting an over for a receiver. And he's at 29 targets in the past two games alone. So he's getting everything he needs. He stretches the field. He's top five in routes, ran this season and deep balls, ranking third. Uh, so he has the numbers, the historical data to back it up against the Raiders. He's had the deep numbers this season. And like I said, the Raiders have had good numbers against pass for attempts and quarterbacks. But it's because they face guys like Ben Roethlisberger, Justin Fields, Daniel Jones, and Jalen Hurts. So I believe Mahomes and Tyreek Hill will come to play on Sunday football. I think this is the week that you want to back Tyreek Hill to go over his receiving total. Drew, your thoughts on these props in this game? Well, 
I'm very much hopeful that you're correct because <laughs> I have gone in on the Chiefs at the uh, bargain basement price of two and a half this week. Uh, I think they win and cover this game, and I think uh, they continue to compile some ugly wins through the middle of the season as we work our way towards the playoffs. I believe that it is entirely possible that this Chiefs team is still very much live for the AFC in a very, very flat AFC. Really, no one has distinguished themselves, and they will all rue the day that they let the Chiefs hang around and get into the playoffs. Well, if they do win, it's Tyree Kill had a big role in this week versus the Raiders. Every game this season, Tyree Kill's had over 74 yards, his prop for this weekend. Obviously, the Chiefs are 4-0. They know he's a big part of this team and crucial to get the win against this Raiders defense. 70% of the handle coming in on the over on that Tyree Kill prop. Vaughn, thank you so much. Vaughn's on Twitter at Sports and awesome breakdowns and plays and a ton of props on NBCSportsEdge.com coming soon for NFL Week 10. Thanks, Vaughn. Thanks, Sarah. Thanks, Drew. We appreciate you listening to us here on Bet the Edge, wherever you may be listening. Make sure to rate the podcast. Of course, sign up. We're giving you the most actionable information every single weekday, just about 30 minutes or less. The lines move quickly, and we do want to make sure you're gaining an edge with us here. And make sure to hit us up on Twitter as well. We love hearing from you. And we love hearing your tips. Like if you were dropping a note in my DM saying that there are some key players out in the NBA tonight that hasn't hit the screen. I love that type of stuff. And uh, it may distract me a bit while we're on the podcast, but that's my apologies. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at whale underscore gaffer, and you can reach Sarah at Sarah Perlman. That's why people need to watch the show live and not just listen. Because <laughs> when I see your eyes going to another screen, I'm like, somebody's out in the NBA slate. And I want to know where Drew's hammering because something's going on. So that's okay, Drew. It's what you do. You're the handicapper. And um, we'll find out that news later for your edge of the day. I'll just be on my toes waiting to see the news. We welcome in Tim Murray from Beeson, and believe it or not, Tim Murray's a huge reason I'm involved in sports betting. <laughs> um, the reason I have this job today and how I got involved. So I always love having my good friend Tim Murray on the show, and thanks for taking the time on the West Coast as well with Beeson out in Vegas. And I was texting Tim earlier this week, who said he had, and I believe myself on Twitter, an awesome college football week last week. So now we move on, and I look at North Carolina and Pitt for tonight. And I need to get your thoughts here where Pitt's laying six and a half. The total is 73 points. Yeah. And that's kind of what stands out to me. Pittsburgh and the over have been quite a, a trend to follow this season. The over 14 and three and Pitt's lost 17 games, by the way. So, Tim, take it away. Your thoughts on how we can get involved in tonight's college football game. Yeah, last weekend, Sarah, as you, uh, as you probably could have guessed, I was on UNC because they were a two-point favorite over a top 10 team in the country. Uh, won't say it was easy, but we got there and now we're going to fade North Carolina. Uh, this is a team, uh, that on the road this year, guys, uh, they've only played three games away from Chapel Hill. Oddly enough, it was that season opening loss to Virginia tech. They got hammered by Georgia tech in a neutral site game, which was down at the, uh, at the Falcon stadium. And then they went to Notre Dame, had a chance for backdoor cover, uh, but ultimately lost by 10 in that spot. And, you know, Pittsburgh's an intriguing team this year, guys. You know, they have had some really big letdown spots. They beat Tennessee, and then they respond by losing to Western Michigan. They beat Clemson, and then they lose outright to Miami. I just like this spot. You know, UNC coming off an emotional win. Fans rush the field. Exhausting game, 58-55, over four hours. And now they have a short week. They have to go on the road and play in Pittsburgh, I'm not sure what the atmosphere will be like. I think weather could be coming late in this game, but you just look at the defense for North Carolina guys. 
it is putrid. 83rd in defensive passing efficiency, 85th in passing yards allowed, and they're going up against one of the best quarterbacks in the country in Kenny Pickett, who's top 10 in passing efficiency. And then you look at Ty Chandler, Tennessee transfer for North Carolina, went off against Wake Forest over 200 rushing yards. I like this pit run defense, top 20 in run defense this year. And last weekend, albeit I know it's Duke, but Mateo Durant is one of the better running backs in the country. They held him under 100 yards, just 89 yards on the ground. So I really like the spot for Pittsburgh. Obviously, coastal implications if they want to go and play for the ACC title. And it's staying under a touchdown. I know the public's going to like to lay it here with Pitt, but this is a, a spot where I just situationally really like to back Pittsburgh. Short week, you know, no travel for them. While UNC, after that long game on Saturday, maybe celebrated a little bit on Saturday night down in Chapel Hill, I will take Pittsburgh in this spot, lay in the six or six and a half. You do this long enough, and you, these types of situations where you have a solid read on a team one week, you're looking at their schedule for the following week, and you're like, yeah. oh, my gosh, I'm going to back these guys this week, and then we're coming right back, and we're going against them hard the next with the, These types of situations, when they play out, it's so fun, and I absolutely love your read on this. The market agrees with you as well that this is going to be a sluggish performance from the Tar Heels because Pittsburgh's defense has stunk this year, yet the under is taking just boatloads <laughs> of money. <laughs> this is good luck and, on that, by yes. the way. Yeah, well, somebody out there very much thinks that the Tar Heels are going to have a, uh, a letdown performance, we'll say, on a short rest. Uh, so good luck by you. Um, fun game to uh, keep an eye on on Thursday night. I'm curious your thoughts on this SEC matchup that's not really getting a ton of attention, but boy, oh boy. The drama surrounding this LSU program this year has been unbelievable. Coach O burning down the place on the way out the door. They take on an Arkansas team in Death Valley that was, this Arkansas team was not expected to do much this year, but they've been a solid back. They're winning against the spread. They're six and three overall, which is absolutely a win uh, in their minds, I would guess. Because, but was their win total even, uh, was it even four? under that? It oh, was yeah. it was real, real low. So already made their win total likely and then uh, um, just continues to impress. They're two and a half point favorites. Is this a decent spot to back the road chalk under a field goal? I do. And, you know, laying points on the road at night at Death Valley, you'd say you're a crazy person. Well, you have to think about what happened last week. LSU just went all in to beat Alabama. They had three opportunities, guys, in the fourth quarter, down 20 to 14. They had a first and goal and couldn't get it done. After the game, Ed Orgeron was talking about how they went in. You know, they were expecting to beat Alabama. You had Ed Orgeron dancing on the sidelines, walking off, you know, giving the L's up to the to the student section there at Bryant-Denny Stadium. How in the world are they going to take all that energy that they just had and now bring it into this game. It's at home, but you know I've talked to a couple people down in Baton Rouge. Look, there's not going to be a ton of excitement for this game with Arkansas coming to town. They are a top 25 program, and the thing I like about Arkansas and why I'm backing in this spot is think back to week two, guys, when Arkansas played Texas. They just pounded Texas into submission. They want to run it down your throat. Top five in the country in running the football. And I know if you look at the numbers last week, LSU was terrific in slowing down the run game for Alabama. They held him under 10 yards. I mean, that has also with the Bryce Young sacks in there. But still, this is a defense that has allowed over 300 rushing yards to Kentucky, over 200 rushing yards to Ole Miss. And I think this is the worst team you want to face after just an emotionally draining game where you don't come up on the right side. 
And I just don't know how LSU can bring that same energy that they had last week against Alabama. LSU's defense, guys, has been poor this year. But what was impressive is they held Alabama scoreless basically the entire second half. I think it was the final 27 minutes and change there. So really impressive performance, but I don't know how they duplicate that. I think it's telling that Arkansas is still a favorite in this spot, while LSU coming off of that uh, you know close loss against Alabama, you'd think you know, there would be some backing there. So uh, I do like Sam Pittman's squad in this year under a field goal, Arkansas to go in there. I just don't know how LSU duplicates it. You think back to when LSU beat Florida, following week they went on the road, played Ole Miss, they lost by two touchdowns. I think this is a touchdown victory for Arkansas, a team that's still very motivated. Big win last week over Mississippi State. Sam Pittman, you don't see a ton of letdown from this Arkansas team. You know, they had that, you know, thriller early in the season and followed it up. Uh, against Ole Miss where they lost down to the wire. So uh, I do like Arkansas. I think run game travels, and uh, I'll take uh, Woo Pig Suey in this spot. <laughs> Arkansas's win total, by the way, was five and a half, so uh -huh. certainly gone over. Um, two teams heading in different directions. Nice. You mentioned the, that – LSU beat Florida. It's disgusting talking about Florida Gators. We don't do that this season, Tim. Uh, Arkansas obviously won two straight after dropping three, kind of heading in different directions. Now LSU, as you alluded to, has lost four of their last five games, Tim. But let's go to your backyard. Let's head to Nevada now. We look at San Diego State laying three in a big part of this game, of course, is Carson Strong. What will happen with him? Will he be available to play? So mm -hmm. are you trying to get involved in this game now, or are you waiting to see what news comes out? Yeah, I got involved a little bit earlier uh, in the week. I took the Aztecs in this spot, and it's going to be ugly. I mean, San Diego State's uh, <laughs> offense is not pretty. They're coming back from a visit to the islands where they had like 220 yards of offense. What I like about this game is you look at San Diego State and their one loss this year against Fresno State. Fresno State is very balanced. They were able to run uh, with Jordan Mims for almost 200 yards against them, while my guy Jay Kaner threw for over 300 yards. Nevada has no such thing. They don't know what the running game is. They are, I think, 129th in the country in rushing yards this year. So it's a one-man uh, one band in Carson Strong. And as you mentioned, Sarah, Carson Strong got nicked up last week against San Jose State. So how is he going to be in this game? And I think you know Drew certainly is one who keeps an eye on the market. I've been surprised to see the market backing on San Diego State. This has continued to trend, and you're seeing that three now, which in this type of game with that low total is so important. So I grabbed San Diego State a little bit earlier this week, and you know the secret weapon is their punter. I mean, the, the punter for San Diego State is the greatest thing I've ever seen. I mean, this dude has flipped the field nonstop. So uh, I like San Diego State to step up defensively. And uh, Nevada, defensively, guys, really struggles to slow down the run. That's all San Diego State can do. They cannot pass. But they made the quarterback change to Lucas Johnson a couple weeks ago. More of a, a dual threat type of quarterback. So I like San Diego State. I would say at three, I'm not in love with it. I did like it earlier this week under three, but I like think the Aztecs take care of business. Another situation, guys, where it is very, very important. Both these teams, four and one in the West Division and the Mountain West. The winner of this game has a clear path to the Mountain West Championship game because both of these teams did lose to Fresno State, so they can ill afford a loss uh, because Fresno State right now four and two in conference play. Tim, we've been handicapping football about nonstop for three months on this show. You are the first guest that has invoked the punter as an yes. edge. So congratulations. You win a prize. Uh, well played. First I, love time, that I will say, Drew, first time <laughs> in my life I've ever said those words. But the, in, in a 
It's San Diego State, a team that pretty much Tim, prides itself on scoring. Tim, he will be the difference scoring. maker in this weekend's game. I can tell you that much. That's right. I love it. Yeah. Um, curious if your your thoughts on uh, the start to the college basketball season. I know there are people out there that are finding an edge in the the Manhattan Manhattanville matchups, but uh, I'm much more intrigued by these top five teams that are playing this weekend. Great, great, great games. We get number four Villanova, at number two UCLA on Friday. Texas plays Gonzaga on Saturday. That's a five v one matchup. You know, typically Gonzaga performs fairly well in the early match, you know, in these early seasons, because they kind of have to, if they're going to warrant the respect come, you know, come seeding time. Uh, are there any angles to bet uh, some of these premier matchups this weekend? Yeah, I, I'm fired up for both these games, Drew. And, you know, you look back to the Duke and Kentucky game was phenomenal to see uh, Paolo Boncaro. That dude is going to be the real deal. Keels uh, from my neck of the woods in the D.C. area looks like a, a linebacker there. So Duke uh, looks every bit the part. I think Kansas uh, looks every bit the part. I don't have a future on them currently. I might be looking to find one because I think with all the weapons they have and Jalen Wilson's sideline, there still might be a little bit of value there on the Jayhawks if you can get it around 15 to 1 or so to win the title. But as for those games you mentioned, uh, Friday night's going to be phenomenal. Uh, UCLA dealing with an injury. Cody Riley, their center, will be out on Friday night. He's uh, got a sprained MCL. And uh, Villanova's a team that I backed very early. Very veteran-laden team. My worry about them, guys, was size. And with Cody Riley's sideline, I think that helps out Villanova. You've got two fifth-year seniors and Colin Gillespie and Caleb Daniels coming back for their super senior year. And my big question for Villanova was the emergence of Justin Moore, 6'4 guard, uh, also from the D.C. area. And he had 27 points in their opener against Mount St. Mary's. And I know it's, it's Mount St. Mary's, so you can't lean too much into it. That's a team that won their conference last year. So uh, I do lean a little bit towards Villanova because of the Cody Riley absence. And then Saturday night, I'm very interested, guys, to see what this number opens at. Because if you look at some of the analytical models, Ken Palm has this Gonzaga minus 10. Bart Torvik has this Gonzaga minus 8.7. I, I think if you're looking in that range, I think Texas is absolutely live. Chris Beard, his career at Texas Tech was covering as a dog. And now he's got a lot of weapons to work with. I mean, you look at you know the athleticism that, that Texas roster has four-star freshman in Jalen Tyson, uh, the Tim Timmy Allen transfer from Utah, Christian Bishop transfer from Creighton, Marcus Carr averaged 20 points a game in the Big Ten last year, transfers in from Minnesota, Trey Mitchell, who is a double-double machine in the A-10 last year, he's now coming off the bench for this Texas team. Courtney Ramey came back, he averaged 12 points a game last year for the Longhorns, so we know Gonzaga is going to be good, but let's not pretend like Gonzaga is not going to be hurt by the loss of Corey Kispert, first-round pick. Jalen Sugg, lottery pick. They lost a lot. Joel Ayayi coming off the bench. He is gone. So Chet Holmgren is a monster. He's going to be phenomenal to watch. Seven blocks in the opener against Dixie State. But, guys, if we're getting eight, nine points with Texas, I would love to take those on Saturday night. So keep an eye out for what that number might be because, once again, some of those models, and, Drew, you probably know this, very early on in the year, books just kind of look at Ken Pum and say, okay, that's a fair number. Let's throw that out there. I think there might be an opportunity to to grab a live dog on Saturday night. All right, let's see what Texas opens up at and if Chris Beard can get his team to cover the number. We did talk to Jay Croucher, head trader at Pointstead, and talked about how difficult it is to set these lines early on, as you're saying, Tim. So awesome insight. Thank you for all the plays. Love having you on. If you're not following Tim, find him on Twitter at one Tim Murray and check out his show, The Nightcap, on VEASAN with Sean King from 10 p.m. to 1 a.m. Eastern. Tim, thank you so much. Thanks, guys.
a lot of plays to get involved in. And I'm starting, starting to really try to follow college basketball as much as possible. But it's really hard for me to try and handicap a lot of sports at once. And the NFL takes up all of my brain power, it seems like, as of lately. But I'll be curious to see what that Texas number opens up at. I know you're going to go to the NBA. It's how we wrap up our show. Edge of the day. We have our favorite play and biggest edge on the board. So where are you going for tonight, Drew? Yeah, this one's already moved on me, but that's okay. I think there's still value, and I think this actually closes even higher than it currently is lined, and it is the LA Clippers. Who, Stop to the people. You know, I do my best to keep, kind of try to lay low, spread it out across my accounts, not just go bang, 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 and just bomb the screen. Um, but this is one sure. that was, uh, this is one that I, you could get, get a sense that this was going to move early. It opened up Clippers minus two and a half. Heat are, of course, on a back to back in LA. They played against the Lakers last night. If you did not stay up to see the end of that game, it went to overtime. Amazingly, the Lakers pull off the, uh, the upset victory. Uh, over the heat in overtime, uh, even though they kind of they let it slip through their fingers late uh, to even get to overtime. But uh, all that said, Miami is limping a bit. Jimmy Butler went out during the game uh, with an ankle injury, not expecting him to go. Bam uh, Adebayo also very uh, limited in terms of his current health and you know status right now. I think he is a, a likely candidate to get a rest night. And just in general, Miami is at sort of the grind end of a road trip while the Clippers have had a very light schedule to this point in the season. So the Clippers should be able to put some distance on the uh, heat in this spot. Clippers well coached. Clippers running some very innovative offense. Uh, I've been impressed by them almost every time I've tuned in. Their last time out against the Portland Trailblazers, they kind of you know, played with their food for about three quarters and then just, you know, bolted and uh, were never really in doubt of losing that game. Paul George is having a very, very, very solid start to the season. He's doing it on both the uh, points and the glass and uh, really leading this team in Kawhi Leonard's absence. So uh, a lot to like about this Clippers side overall. I make fair price in this one six, considering who I think will ultimately be available. So still some value on the Clippers at minus four. And realistically, uh, if this turns into heat, our Kind of running their backups out there to kind of get a rest day so that they can kind of uh, regroup later on in this road trip i would not be surprised i'm a heat fan that's where i'm from and it's a team i like but this is an incredible spot miami obviously as you said coming off of an overtime game last night gonna be tired and also clippers are rolling winning five straight games love this play i know we when we were texting earlier this morning we saw some two and a half looking at four be curious to see now where this lands hopefully people now watching can get it before it hits five six if it does move up i'll go to the nfl for thursday night football we tease it off the top of the show fairly quickly here um i have mark andrews for my favorite prop on the board surprised to see his total his receiving yards total 50 and a half i love the over in this spot i was still trying to wrap my head around this if you just look at what he's done he's gone over this number in five of the last seven games and plus he's getting a really solid matchup against a Dolphins team that have struggled against tight ends he's also averaging over seven targets per game over this season he's also in prime time so a really fun spot as we mentioned for both Lamar Jackson and Mark Andrews and if we look at our edge tools it says excellent value meaning looking at 
at all the props available, this prop here has a lot of value. The projection, over 90 receiving yards. So huge discrepancy between what his prop is and what our model shows. Um, he's five and three yards, five and three on yards to the over this season. I do just think because of the amount of target share he's getting and his matchup in prime time, as I mentioned, John Harborough, you talked about it, not taking his foot off the gas. This is my favorite prop available for today. I liked his receptions prop. I love his receiving yards total prop over 50 and a half bet it yesterday and I'm um, convincing myself to love it more as we talk about it this morning. True. Miami is the type of uh, pass defense that you really do want to attack them with the tight end. So this is a super solid look. I think you're going to get a lot of decoy, um, you know, uh, Hollywood Brown going deep, draw Xavier Howard out there. And then uh, Mark Andrews is just going to feast on that side of the field against the, uh, you know, unimpressive safety linebacking core. So uh, good look by you. 50 and a half is awfully low for a guy who probably ought to be the primary target through the air today. Yeah, Miami's allowed the fourth most yards to tight ends this year, 585, right behind the Ravens at 595. So maybe a really good tight end matchup, <laughs> tight end university on Thursday night football between the Ravens and Dolphins. For more plays for Week 10, blitzing the board 3 p.m. on our YouTube channel with Drew, myself, and Warren Sharp. You can catch that on Peacock after if you miss it today. But that does wrap up our show and podcast here on Bet the Edge, powered by PointsBet. Be sure to check out NBCSportsEdge.com for more tools, plays, picks, analysis, whatever you want to help you with your place throughout the day. Good luck with all of your bets, and Drew and I will see you right back here tomorrow.